Today's episode is episode 204. Today's episode is called How to Write a Book That Nobody Reads. Today's episode title is a bit tongue-in-cheek. I don't actually intentionally write books with the intention of nobody to read it. But today what I'm going to describe is a sort of philosophy in writing a book. just going to describe some of the ways that I think about writing a book, what I get from writing a book. And most of it, or hardly any of it, actually is, is focused commercially, which hence the title for this podcast. So I suppose the first thing I have in mind when I write a book, one of the first few things is the effect I want it to have on the reader. So what keeps me... I suppose wanting to create things in general is that just the thought of somebody reading something I say and it giving them a sense of hope or giving them a sense of not being alone. The thought of that for me is what drives me to write a book in the first place because I know how that feels. I know how it feels to feel alone in how you feel and think about things or feeling just utterly confused and lost. There's just something, I think there's something in connection, even in the bad times. What I was thinking today was I've heard stories of like people who would have joined the army, would have been in wartime and what they got from it was actually the camaraderie, the sense of community, the sense of somebody actually having your back, a sense of connection there that I guess the environment of war would facilitate in comparison to what many of us can feel in day-to-day life is a sense of superficiality and a sense of fakeness that you have to live with and there's no real connection found in that so it's a it's an unusual thing i find in the human experience is that even in painful moments there's something beautiful i suppose something healing and profound in the connection shared in the more challenging experiences So if you're somebody listening to this, potentially you could have a more profound story than I could ever share. And I guess in this episode, I want to highlight the benefits in you sharing that. So just to focus, I guess, on the fact that maybe your book mightn't be read by a lot of people, but it could have a profound effect on a couple of people. I don't want to... I suppose espouse the cliche that you kind of hear from people of oh, if it only reached one person it sounds quite empty a lot of the time when people say that go on stage and if I only connect with one person then it's a success so I don't want to give off those vibes here I, I guess I want to express that some people can go through very painful experiences in their life and if you're listening to this potentially you have a story that can help them through that
So writing a book for writing a book that nobody reads. Another thing I thought of today, actually, when I thought of the title, is that I think the type of person who will read a book that I create is the type of person who's more inclined to want to be a nobody than a somebody. So a nobody in the extent that they want to question who they are in order to free themselves from stories that might be limiting them and constricting them and giving them a sense of boredom, constriction in their life. I find like questioning the stories can, while it's very challenging, can help you also connect with a sense of freedom and a sense of connection with like-minded people that is well worth the process. Like that's the that's the goal in and of itself. So writing a book for nobody is very different to writing a book to so, for somebody because you don't question who it is that's going to read your book because you're not focused on that at all. I don't think about what my audience wants. So when I'm writing a book for nobody, it opens the path for me to write a book driven by feeling and my sense of things so that that is an adventure in and of itself. I discover things along that process that I would not discover if I didn't commit myself to writing a book. So questions around who my audience is, these kind of typical stereotypical marketing questions around who your target audience is, that makes commercial sense. But I don't ask myself things like that because it takes away from the journey aspect of writing a book. I don't get much from that. And it also ties into something I really hate is telling people what they want to hear. So if you're going to write a book for somebody, you need to find out who they are, what they want to hear. So you tell them what they want to hear so they'll buy what you have to say. That's not what I want to be about. I've had a lot of pain in my life dealing with that, that I don't want to recreate that consciously anyway. I don't want to recreate that for other people because it's not, I find it in terms of personal growth, personal development, it's not helpful for the individual to have to put up with that. That's the other thing with following feelings and I suppose valuing a sense of truth in your own life. However far you can get to that, I don't know. But valuing that, maybe in the process of doing that, you will expose some of the people who have sold out along the way. So that's something that I think would happen indirectly. That wouldn't be something that I would focus on as a goal of mine. But if it's a byproduct of it, I think I'd be quite content with that, to be honest, because there is a lot of pain in in just wasting time listening to somebody who's telling you what you want to hear for their own benefit commercially. So another, another thing that ties into that are avatars. So an avatar is another marketing concept where you've got your idea of who it is you're selling to. So I don't have an avatar in mind when I'm creating this. And there's two reasons that are occurring to me now as I'm doing this episode, why I don't do that. Number one is that the whole point of this podcast, that's why I'm talking about a book with the podcast as well. The whole point of me, I suppose, writing a book is to help you get a better sense of yourself. And that will be found beyond 
the ideas about yourself. So by me having an avatar of you in my mind, I'm, if I did have that, I would be filtering my language in a way that connects with that avatar and would trap you in that avatar. So I don't want that. I want to write for someone who wants to liberate themselves from the avatar they're currently occupying. And that goes both ways. So if I'm looking at you as an avatar, then I'm going to look at myself as an avatar. So that limits my possibility of growth also. So it's a two-way relationship. So I'm treating you the way I want to treat myself. So because I'm not seeing you as an avatar, and I'm seeing you as someone who can tap into something more profound than that, that's also the way I'm speaking to myself. So that's, that's a way to think about this. Because it's also good to, to not even have to convince yourself to buy into something. It's good to see the benefits. So I suppose some of the cornerstones here to like this whole philosophy is the values fundamentally shift to the norms. So because I see the inherent value in connection and in having a sense of yourself and having a sense of being alive, I've had enough experience up until this point of, of that happening in my life and now I want like more of that that feels like the right path to me that that's where my intuition and gut feeling seems to be pulling me that that's what informs this too like I see the actual benefit to this like what I'm describing is where the feelings of fulfillment come from all like those elusive feelings of fulfillment that you try looking for in the matrix that society and other people have constructed for you. Like I've, they're not in there. They're in here. And uh, well, for me anyway, they're in here. Don't take my word for it, but it's, I think that's why it's just easier for me to, to go on this path because I guess I've recognized that like why I was chasing book sales or chasing different things like that. I wanted, I guess, to be a somebody. And I thought that by being a somebody, you would feel better about, I'd feel better about myself. And that's not something I believe in anymore. I suppose I've gone through enough experiences in my life in other ways that have helped me to realize that I, I'm not gonna fundamentally change how I feel about myself from outside circumstances changing. It'll only help me feel a bit better for a little while, but it's not long lasting. I feel like the long lasting stuff though, comes more from doing your own thing and valuing, really valuing the feelings you're chasing in these other things. That's the feeling part of it, anyway. and the books, and the books creating the books and and in, in terms of the process itself of writing a book, like when I look at the two books I've written, if I had to write those books in the mindset of somebody who believed that books was a purely, writing a book was a purely analytical thing, then I'd be fatigued even looking at the books. But when I was writing them, 
it just felt therapeutic and it felt like I was discovering things that I would not discover if I didn't do this. And today there's concepts, ideas that are second nature to me that are very obvious in my environment, in my real world today that came from the fact that I put in work to do research, acquire different skill sets, assimilate knowledge, synthesize it, put it into my own words, describe it in my own way, be influenced, I guess, by the authors that I read, their thought processes on it. And those ideas and concepts are very valuable in terms of how I relate to people, how I understand myself. Yeah, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't have gotten to them if I didn't have this approach to writing a book. I think also when you're writing a book for somebody, I don't find it appealing because I guess you're telling them how to get to where you are in life or worse still actually where you, where you aren't. Sometimes I think people can write books about a place that they currently are not inhabiting, but because they are saying the right things and they have a certain persuasive nature, they're able to convince the reader that they're where they want to be. So that process anyway of writing, so writing for somebody who wants to be where you are, it's not very appealing to me. Because I think some of it also is disingenuous where you're not acknowledging that life is very complex and nuanced and what works for me will not work for you all the time. And what works for me today might not even work tomorrow. It's, I suppose it's not taking into account that sort of ambiguity in life. I've always found that again, very frustrating that somebody will sell you a formula and they'll lead you to believe that this is guaranteed to work. Even though there's variables in your life that are different to my life. I'm willing to overlook that just to sell you something. I've never really liked that again. Um, I don't find that. So I don't find it interesting to write like that because there is a formulaic way of writing that and you have to learn that too. So that's actually, a, there's even there's a lot of effort involved in that. I've never been in, I've never been inclined to want to put in the effort for that. I think they're the main things, you know, if, of writing for for nobody. Yeah, I guess I just wanted to share some perspectives on it. At the end of the day, it's up to you, like, it just, it's just really kind of becoming clear on like what you want to get from writing a book. The thing is with me, because I'm writing for nobody and the commercial aspect of it isn't there, probably will probably will lead me to producing books less frequently than if the commercial aspect was there. So that is a negative to my approach here. I suppose the one thing to keep in mind too, when you're writing for nobody, have a day job. So I have a day job that's not related to writing books. Because if I if if I depended on writing books, I would be a starved artist. That 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 would be the reality of it. So there are downsides of course to my approach here because it doesn't fit in very well to the practicalities of life 
because I'm not focused on how life is right now. I guess I'm focused focused more on the intangible things that aren't yet in existence, I guess, within a person's life. So there's little commerciality to that. So it's choosing what works well for you. And I think this is this is kind of what, what works for me. And I just wanted to share that if you're somebody listening in and there's a story in you, then I would encourage you to pursue that. And the other thing I think I struggled with was going signing up to personal development courses where I would have invested a lot of money. And I never had a clear objective in mind. I've signed up to courses where it was all about goal setting and thinking bigger and having these bigger results and stuff. And while a part of me wanted bigger results, I, I was there really to understand the mind better because I was in a space back then where I was still, my mind was still tilting too much on the negative. And I think at that time I was believing that the answers are more in the positivity realm. I possibly needed to go through that process to skew myself more towards positivity than negativity. And then eventually get to a place where I realized that neither of those are the answer. It's actually just working on seeing thought for what it is and then using it more powerfully that way. That's more where the power is. I've been realizing more and more after that. But I always felt a bit odd that I would go to these things and I'd be surrounded by some people that were, they knew why they were there. They had certain goals in mind and I was there and I just wanted a deeper understanding of the mind. I've always felt weird. I was never even able to really say that to a lot of people. Because it's hard, it's hard for most people to wrap their head around the idea of somebody going somewhere, paying a lot of money on a course with their only goal being that I, I want to understand reality better. It doesn't make sense to a, a lot of people, except for you. If you're listening to this podcast, it makes sense to you. So I'm, I'm just, I suppose I'm telling you that your drive is, I understand it. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. I understand that drive and it's worth pursuing that drive because there is, there is something to it. There is definitely something to it. So keep, uh, keep following that. I think that's the advice I would have there. So that's it for today's episode, how to write a book for nobody. Hope you've had some inspiration from that. Maybe triggered a few new thoughts. It's not talked about every day. It's what what most people wouldn't really want. Uh, Except if you're a bit of an oddball like me, I guess. Um, But that's it. Thanks again for listening. And I'll speak to you on the next episode.